It might just be one win. It might just be one win, a big win, but a win nonetheless. But some promising trends for the Orlando Magic, plus a look inside what playing with the pass maybe actually means. We're still so early in the season. It's hard to do anything more than look at some trends. It's time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is November 9th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about some, some positive trends for the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about uh, why Sunday's game wasn't just the kind of beginning of something. It was the culmination of growing confidence within the team that finally manifested itself in a huge win. We'll talk about some positive trends with the Magic's three-point shooting. Um, I know there's some bad three-point shooting games in in the middle of there, Um, but we'll talk a little bit about what direction the Magic's three-point shooting is going. And we'll talk about how the Magic are beginning to play with the pass and what some of the passing numbers might mean a little bit. We'll get into all that coming up here in just a moment. But First, we do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listen, whether we're your workout listen, whether we're your listen on the way home from work, whether we're your listen on the way to the game. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. We're free and available on all platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, we don't want to get too high. Um, That's what NBA players always say. NBA players always say, in this league, with how many games there are, there's always an opportunity to get better. There's always an opportunity to get worse. uh, Steve Clifford Clifford would always say, you know, yeah, in the NBA, things can change like that. And I did just snap my fingers if if you're not watching on YouTube. Um, Things can change very, very quickly. And one bad week can erase one good week or even two good weeks, to be honest. Very, very, very quickly. Um, so there's very much a don't get too high, don't get too low thing. Um, you know, the magic, we we felt really good. We felt really good after uh, the win over Minnesota, only for the magic to lay a couple offensive eggs against Boston and San Antonio. Um, the magic play just beat a really good Utah Jazz team. Uh, but now they get to face a really good, and, and although they just lost to the Chicago Bulls, Brooklyn Nets team. Um, is there's still a, there's still obviously a lot of work to do, uh, and a lot of things that the Magic have to clean up, and the Magic have to clear up, and the Magic have to improve upon to get ultimately where they want to be. But having said that, this is a young team. We're looking for positive signs. We're looking for signs of growth, and certainly the Magic have shown that. Even just 11 games into the season, with these very small sample sizes, still, Orlando has done some really positive things. I do think they're worth pointing out because Sunday's game wasn't, you know, just a blip on the radar. Um, you know, it, some aspects of it certainly might be a little blippy, might be a little bit uh, of anomalies. You know, it's the NBA season. Everyone's going to have a good game. Everyone's going to have a great game. It's about consistency. It's about what you can do every single night. The Jazz had a bad game. That happens in the NBA. You, you know, you just you catch, you catch teams on certain nights. Um, but the Magic 
in that game and really for the last couple of weeks have shown some positive signs. Let me point out some of them to you here. Um, we talked a lot about the defense last week on the note. Kyle David Lockett, Locked On Jazz, really appreciated that note that the Magic's defense had improved and were looking a lot better than their numbers. I want to update some of those numbers for you. Um, in the last six games, I believe it is, uh, since since the Magic's first one, so the last nine games, so we take out the blowout loss of the San Antonio Spurs, we take out the blowout loss of the New York Knicks, the Orlando Magic are giving up 106.2 points per 100 possessions. So in their last nine games, giving up 106.2 points per 100 possessions. That puts them 15th in the league in defensive rating. Now, there's been some stinkers in there, too. There's been some bad defensive games. But considering that the Orlando Magic want to build this project on their defense, right now, you know, again, we're not saying the Magic are world beaters defensively. We're not saying the Magic are killing anybody defensively. Right now, the Magic are playing really well defensively, or, or relatively well defensively, or at least they're trending back in the right direction. Remember, I said at the beginning of the season, my goal for the Orlando Magic, I would like to see them finish at or near the top half of the league in defensive rating. Again, we're throwing out two games in a relatively small sample size, but the Magic are achieving that goal. Their defense has been, you know, not, not legitimately solid. I wouldn't say good yet. Um, there's still a lot of holes. They still make a lot of mistakes. They, they're still giving up a ton of points. Um, but it's been better. Um, and it's certainly getting moving in the right direction. In fact, the last four games, the Orlando Magic have given up a, a, a defensive rate or an offensive rating of less than 110 points per 100 possessions. I know offenses are struggling a little bit more around the league right now, but that is still really good. Um, you know, you slip and have a bad defensive game every once in a while, and then the Magic will surely have one here coming up very, very, very soon. And, you know, an angry Brooklyn team probably isn't the best team to play at this point. Um, but... Orlando's given up fewer than 110 points per 100 possessions in their last four games. The last time the Magic had a stretch like that was December 28th, 2019 to January 3rd, 2020. For those that are not spatially calendar aware, that was, you know, Jonathan Isaac had his big injury, his first knee injury on January 1st, 2020. So the Magic are playing a level of defense that they haven't seen since before all this Jonathan Isaac injury mishmash. Now, imagine what happens when the Magic get Jonathan Isaac back, when Jumo Kiki is fully healthy, when you know Franz Wagner is more confident, when you know Jalen Suggs is more confident. There are really good defensive indicators for this team. Um, really good defensive indicators for this team. And really, again, we're throwing out two really bad games to start the season. I get that. Um, as I said on Friday, the Magic's defensive numbers the Magic's defense is a lot better than their numbers. Um, and, and I think they're really starting to show that. And, and again, you're looking at this. This team has really kind of found its groove defensively and found out what it wants to do defend, defensively. Offensively, there's still a little bit of mess. We're not going to deny that. Um, you know, they're still struggling a little bit on that. And they're still on the bottom 10, bottom 10, not bottom five anymore, but bottom 10 in the league. Again, when we throw up those bad games, they've still had some stinkers offensively. There's still work to do to get consistent offensively. We'll talk more about the shooting coming up here in a minute. Uh, but but Orlando's still got work to do. Um, and again, I think the biggest detriment to their defense right now has been their turnovers and their missed shots. Um, it's hard to play defense in the sleep when you can't get set. Um, and so, yes, there's a big connection between offense and defense uh, in this league. But more than anything else, um, this win was necessary. Um, I know there's, you know, there's, there's, there's not going to be many wins this season, um, but wins are important to solidify the culture, solidify the kind of team that the, that the group wants to be. 
and solidify uh, who they are uh, and solidify their, their identity um, and, and their buy-in to what the coach is preaching. Wins are necessary um, at all points of the season. Um, it makes everyone feel a little bit better. Um, your mood is up when you win. Um, no one likes to lose. You don't want players that like to lose. You don't want players that accept losing, um, you know, accept the challenge that losses create, but don't accept it as this is the way things are. You have to be continuing pushing and striving for wins. And the Magic have continued to do that. And I think that has also been really encouraging as they they figure everything out. Um, there's obviously an adjustment period on the way with some players coming back from injury, whether it's this month, whether it's next month. Um, we all see it out on the horizon. Um, but this group is really starting to kind of figure out its roles, figure out its rotations. We've, we've really talked a lot about Jamal Mosley and the rotations that he has played uh, and figure out how they all fit together and what they all need to do to win. Now, knowing that and doing that are two very different things. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that the magic are in great shape. They're three and eight. They're strong. They're struggling in a lot of areas. Um, but they got two They were two and two this week. That's a positive step forward in many ways. That's, that is a positive step forward for a group like this. Now it's about continuing to build on these positive trends. I didn't talk about the three point shooting because I want to get to that next. We'll talk about how the magic's three point shooting is starting to resemble more modern trends around the league and how the magic might actually be an okay shooting team this year. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Truebill. Now, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has more than 2 million users and helped save them more than $100 million. That's 2 million users saving more than $100 million. Don't fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's podcast also brought to you by your pals at Ice Picks. Look, daily fantasy is tough. Uh, I used to play some daily fantasy games, and you know, I, 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 I feel like I know my NBA. I know my guys. I'm not the best at fantasy, but I know what's going on in the league. But I kept finding myself losing, 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 or just scrounging to get my money back. You know, I feel like I, I know my stuff pretty well. I came to find out, you know, my dad and I would play against each other. We played in the same games and, and compete against each other and compete against everyone else. We came to find out that it was always the same guys at the top of the list, and and those guys would also have like. 10, 15 entries. They'd be covering their bases. It'd be way too much for small-time players like me. It no longer became fun, and it was literally just me spending 15 minutes to throw away my two, three, four, five dollars or whatever I was spending per day on these daily fantasy games. We all want a daily fantasy that sets us up for success. And that's why you should check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you've not checked it out yet, you're missing out. And I'm telling you, you're going to love this app. 
Price Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. In this game, you're not competing against those experts and those professional daily fantasy players. It's you versus the over-under. It's that simple. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown in football to points, steals, whatever, in basketball. All of our users, all of you guys, that deposit and use the promo code will receive a 100% instant match up to $100 on your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus projected numbers. No experts, no professional DFS players. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can take over. You can take the over on Cole Anthony's combined points and assists with the under on Kevin Durant's three-point field goals. Definitely take that under, maybe. Um, use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate today. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Before we dive into the Magic's three-point training, I want to thank you all again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're coming up close to 200 subscribers on the YouTube channel. I've been seeing that number creep up over the last few days. Uh, we do record our shows live. They are streaming live. Um, I usually record them around 9.30, 10 a.m., um, uh, usually without fail. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube now, you can always leave a comment. I will answer your questions live on the air. Um, we do are going to do some YouTube exclusive content as well. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, not only for your podcast feeds, but also subscribe on Lock on Magic for more exclusive Magic content. Trust me, I am always overflowing with Magic content. I don't know where to put it all, so I have a bunch of different places to, to put it. Um, check out Locked on Magic wherever you get podcasts in whatever format you want to download it today. So I want to talk about the Magic's three-point shooting. Um, it has been long a sore subject here in Orlando, long a, a difficult thing for um, Magic fans to figure. Um, this Orlando Magic franchise under Stan Van Gundy and Dwight Howard revolutionized the league in 2009, and I truly believe that. They revolutionized the league in 2009, proving that you can win in this league with a three-pointer as a primary weapon, with a three-point shot as a primary weapon, and obviously three-point shooting is taken off from there. But ever since Dwight Howard left, ever since the Magic traded away Dwight Howard. Um, Orlando's been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. In fact, it's a running joke that the Magic do not focus on adding three-point shooters. Um, Victor Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, all non-shooters. Um, Bill Bombo was at least a little bit of a shooter. Um, Jalen Suggs is supposed to be a shooter. Um, I think the jury might still be out on that. Um, but the Magic, notably, not been a great shooting team. This year, though, something's been a little bit different. Now, obviously, percentages are down throughout throughout the entire league, um, and, and there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I do think that the new basketball is having at least a minor effect on teams' three-point shooting. But something else is, has kind of begun to emerge. 
No, Orlando is still not the greatest three-point shooting team in the world. They've shot themselves out of plenty of games, and I think, you know, especially that Boston game, uh, even in that San Antonio game, the Magic relied a little too heavily on the three-point shot. T- they took a few too many by my book. I still think that there are proper numbers around 32, 33 attempts per game. But when you look at the percentages, by percentages, Magic are actually doing the best they've done in a really long time. Orlando is making 34.7% of their three-pointers this year. That is 16th in the league. They finished 11th, notably, in 2019. But other than that, they've been in the bottom 10 of the league, if not the bottom five of the league, in three-point shooting ever since Dwight Howard left. They're making 13.4 three-point field goals per per game. That's ninth in the league. They make the ninth most three-point field goals per game in the entire league. And their attempts at 38.5 is eighth in the league. Suddenly, quite suddenly, this team has looked like a more modern offense. Whether they are taking too many threes, whether they can make all these threes, it isn't so important because right now we're just looking for the outlines of what this team's going to be and how it's going to function. The Magic are looking like a modern offense. They're taking a lot of threes. They're making their, their fair share. Their percentages are at least within the league average or, or within kind of within the, the pack of, of the league. Dare I say this is a... Decent shooting magic team. Um, obviously, Cole Anthony's been on Terry shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, Franz Wagner's a hair under thir- under under 38 or 39% now. Um, they've had guys who are hitting their shots. Um, yes, there have been some notable bad games. Terrence Ross is still not shooting the ball particularly well. Um, there are notable bad games, and, and there's still a lot of work to do. But Orlando's getting the kind of three-point shots that you want and making them. Uh, the numbers that I ran, um, this was after the Minnesota Minnesota game, I believe, um, or four days ago. That would have been uh, – this would have been Friday. This would have been after the Boston game. Um, Orlando is not just taking more three-pointers. They're getting high-quality three-pointers, the kind of three-pointers that modern offenses are supposed to make. Now, as of last week, the Magic had the largest jump in three-point weight rate in the league this year. They went from taking threes on. 35.6% of their field goal attempts to 45.8%. They're taking a lot more threes. And like I said, I'd still like to see that number down a little bit, but this team significantly better. Um, and so they're getting better three points. The Magic, um, as of as of a few days ago, few days ago, four days ago, um, lead the league with 106 three-point attempts. The closest defender is six or more feet away. That is leading the league again. They made 39.2% of these shots, 11th in league. So again, still need some improvement, but they are getting quality three-pointers. Um, 304 of the team's first 351 three-point attempts. Again, these stats, I, I researched these stats um, last week on Friday. 304 of the team's 351 three-point attempts, 86.7%, were considered open with the closest defender at least four feet away by the NBA's defensive tracking metrics. Again, suggests that the Magic are effectively getting open shots. Now, whether this is the defense giving them those shots is certainly another question. There's certainly some context um, to go there. But Orlando's also doing something different with these three-point shots. They're not just getting them. They're getting the good ones, the corner threes. Orlando was not a good team at getting corner threes last year. And the reason why corner threes are so, are so important is, A, the corners are the shortest three-pointers on, on, the, on the court. Uh, it's a little bit more of a difficult shot because you don't have the backboard to help you out, but um, it's a shorter shot. And B, it's usually a sign that the ball is passing there. You don't just set up in the corner. You have to pass the ball to the corner. You have to get the ball there. And so it's usually a sign of ball movement. We'll talk a little bit more about ball movement coming up here 
in a moment. Last year, the Magic took only 16.2% of their three-pointers from the corner. Not a good three-point, not a good quarter three-point shooting team. As of Friday, or as before Friday's game, entering Friday's game, Orlando has taken 21.9% of its three-pointers from the corners. Let's put that in perspective. The Magic's ratio of corner three-pointers to their total three-point field goal attempts would be the highest for this team since 2016. They've not had uh, they've not had a ratio that high since 2019, which notably is the is the only uh, time that the Magic have had a winning record in the last decade. So again, the Magic are hitting three pointers. Not just hitting three pointers; they're getting the good ones, the three pointers that offenses in modern offenses are supposed to work for. Who's to say whether this will continue? Who's to say whether this is going to be a continuing trend or whether this is something that's just kind of an early season anomaly? We're, you know, we, don't, we don't know the answer to those questions. But again, we're looking at trends early in the season. And the Magic's ability to get to the corners, the ability to move the ball to get to the corners uh, and get oh, good three-point shots, and the willingness to take this many three-pointers is certainly a sign that, uh, certainly a sign, or I take it as a sign, that there is something to the offense that Jamal Mosley is trying to build and something to the offense that Jamal Mosley is trying to create. We're not expecting perfect yet, um, for sure. There's a lot of bad moments. There's a lot of settling for threes. You know, again, I think there's there's definitely a change of mindset that is going on with this team. Um, but Orlando is starting to add some more modern and progressive concepts to their, to their three-point strategy and to their three-point shooting. And more importantly, they're playing with the pass. Um, as Jamal Mosley would say. And it's that that's that's showing a lot of interesting trends as well. And we'll dive into those numbers coming up here in a minute. I see some uh, comments here in the chat section. Just want to make sure I'm going through that. Um, you know, got some got some talk about the draft here. Um, we have a, a question a comment about the magic starting lineup. B Mar says starting lineup needs to be Cole, RJ, Franz, Wendell, Mo right now. Um I, I, this is getting at that Jalen Suggs is struggling. Um, I agree. RJ is earning more playing time. Uh, watching Terrence Ross and, and, and Gary Harris. Um, Gary Harris, although had a really good game Sunday, um, has been very, very frustrating. And the Magic, I do agree, need to find a way to get RJ Hampton more time. It's only going to get more complicated when Marco Fultz comes back uh, and when Michael Carter-Williams comes back. Um, so there's there's definitely a lot of questions to answer. And again, RJ had a great game on Sunday. Jalen's doing fine. Um, you know, I think RJ is really beginning to embrace his role defensively, which is a really good sign. Um, but Jalen's doing fine. Uh, the shot's going to come. I, I don't think you want to mess with the kids' confidence right now, mess with the kids' um, focus. Um, you know, again, maybe you, maybe you try and put a, some parameters, some bumpers on him, you know, kind of narrow his role a little bit, narrow his focus and what he needs to be thinking about on the court. Um, but Suggs' defense has been really good. Um, I'm going to try and track those numbers down uh, for, you for, for you for tomorrow. Um, Suggs' defense has been really good. Uh, so I, I I don't know if I, I if I'm touching the starting lineup, I think what you do is you take Mobamba out and put Shumo Kiki in. Um, but um, I think we're still a little premature there. I, I do think that starting lineup is still doing fine. They they had a couple rough games, but they've started to come around. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can you can ask a question away in the chat. I will clean I will clean those up and answer them before we exit the show. Um, but we're gonna talk more about the Magic's passing coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Rock Auto. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local 
chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. You have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Jamal Mosley laid out um, three things, um, you know, throughout the offseason, throughout training camp, uh, about what trying to describe generally what his offense would be about. And I think we're still learning it. So, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm trying to define these terms because I want to use the coach's terms and then be able to explain them to you. Um, he said we're going to play with pace, space, and the pass. Pace would mean the intensity with which you're running things, not the number of possessions for 48 minutes. The Magic are down on the bottom end of pace, and I agree they need to bring that up a little bit, but um, that's not what he's referring to by pace. Space is, you know, spacing each other out, giving each other room so that you can kick it out to get three open three-pointers. And obviously we just talked about that. The three-point shots are really falling and and, and are they're getting the quality three-point looks that they want to get. But what does it mean to play with the pass? And, and how do you how do you measure that exactly? Um the NBA has some great tracking stats, tracking passes. Um, but passing the ball is not necessarily correlative with winning. In fact, you know, I think after the San Antonio game, or after either after the Boston game or after the San Antonio game, Mosley said that the team was overpassing. Um, there is a happy medium to pass it. We all know that this is not an isolation team. We all know that the Magic are not going to be able to beat, play, beat teams in isolation. They're not going to just dump the ball off to a guy on the mid post and say, go get a basket with one on one side and four on the other. That's not this team. That's not who this team wants to be. They have to be able to play with the pass. And so some early numbers then tell us a little bit about where this team is at. Um, entering Sunday's game, uh, and actually, no, this is actually exiting Sunday's game. Um, the Magic this year averaged 287.3 passes per game, um, according to tracking data from Second Spectrum, um, which is on NBA.com. And that's 13th in the league. Um, again, that's pretty good. And in fact, that's a significant increase over last year. Last year, the Magic averaged 269.5 passes per game. It's 26 in the league. For those of you that say, oh, well, that's because Evan Fournier was a ball stopper and Nikola Vucevic was a ball stopper, there, there's something to that. I, I will admit that. Um, you know, I think the Magic obviously had a guy that they could dump the ball into in the low post uh, and be confident that he will make a good play and make a good basket. And Nikola Vucevic, the Magic don't have that anymore. They need to be able to move the ball to get guys open. So, you know, again, context here really matters. Trying to figure out what these numbers mean really, really matter. And anyways, the Magic might be passing the ball a lot, still only making 41.9% of their shots. Now, like I said, the offense has been a little bit better over the last, if you take out some of those bad games, or they've had some bad offensive games, and obviously the shooting numbers kind of reflect that. Against the Spurs on Friday, the Magic had just 23 assists. According to Second Spectrum, they had 50 potential assists. Um, they obviously shot 36.5% uh, where, where the closest defender was four more feet away. 
um, they weren't getting good shots uh, in that game. They weren't passing the ball with effectiveness and with purpose. That was the same deal in the Boston game, tallying 48 potential assists, um, according to NBA.com. Um, the Magic made only 15 to 48 shots for close defender more than four feet away. You got to make shots at the end of the day um, or your passing is irrelevant. Um, in the game against the Jazz, too, they made only 246 passes, which was well below their average, but they came up with 39 potential assists uh, and a 9.8% assist-to-pass ratio. Again, I think the Utah game was, was weird because the Magic weren't passing the ball that effectively. So, again, it's all a mishmash of saying, what does playing with the pass mean? What does it mean to play with the pass? Because these passing numbers don't exactly don't exactly tell a great story. Um, you know, they 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 passed the ball decently well against the Spurs, but couldn't hit shots. They didn't pass the ball particularly well against Celtics. They still couldn't make shots. They didn't pass the ball very well at all against Utah, uh, at least by their averages. And they made shots, and they were able to win that game. It's the quality of pass obviously matters in the raw number of passes. So, you know, just seeing the team move the ball for the sake of moving the ball isn't going to do anything. It's about purpose. Um, Steve Clifford talked about it a lot. Um, I think Mosley's even used this term, purpose of play. What are you trying to accomplish in a possession? What are you trying to accomplish with how you're moving the ball with what you're doing? Those are the big questions. Those are the big things that matter um, with passing. You know, when you watch a game, ask yourself, what is the value of this pass? Is this just a pass to move the ball? Is this, you know, how is this moving the defense? How is this cutting through the defense? Um, and that's really what I think they mean by playing with the pass. Um, you can't just pass to pass the ball. You know, I can pass to you, pass it back to me, pass it back to you, pass it back to me. That's a pass. That's not doing anything. The defense isn't reacting to it. The defense isn't changing because of it. Um, the Magic, without a gravity-sucking player, have to beat you by using second actions by, you know, beating you with the pass, by making incisive passing. And again, one of the big things from that game on Sunday was Wendell Carter's six assists. That stuff matters. But Orlando is doing a lot better job passing. Well, I think even though, um, even having said all that, the fact that that raw passing number is way up does suggest that the team is trying, is making a concerted effort to move the ball. That the team is making a concerted effort to be a different kind of offensive team. And obviously, there's still a lot to figure out. I'm not sitting here saying the Magic are doing everything right, and it's just about making shots. Making shots helps a lot. It's important to make shots. But it's really, really important, too, that the Magic keep up passing and keep moving the ball with purpose. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, as, as some people are pointing out, doesn't increased passing equate increased turnovers? Not necessarily. Easing riding with Uncle Doc. Um it is, if you go look, I mean, you can, all these numbers are publicly available. You go to nba.com slash stats, um, click on the team stats, um, and then click on tracking. Um, and that'll pull up in the, and then you can pull up the passes from that, from that sub menu. There's a lot of sub menus. It's, it, it can be a little, it can be a little bit of a difficult site to navigate. Um, but more, you know, yes, more passing does increase the chance for turnovers because you're moving the ball a lot more. Um, but it doesn't, but the, the thing with those passing stats and why they're so hard to read is they're not necessarily correlative. Um, the Portland Trailblazers last year, pretty good team, not the best team in the world, but pretty good team, um, had the fewest pass, passes in the league. But they also have Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and they they got good isolation players. Um, the Golden State Warriors, I believe this year, are, have the most passes in the league, um, uh, or average the most passes per game in the league. Um, they can be a little bit of a high turnover team, but they're not necessarily a high turnover team. So 
Um, you always, I think with those stats specifically and why, why I'm pointing them out and why I'm trying to like, like look at, um, individual games, uh, was to say that was essentially to say that, um, it's, it, 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 you got to look at the individual team context. Um, look like that's why I wanted to bring out the potential assist. Cause that shows like, Hey, the magic were getting good look or getting shots or getting shots off of their passing. Um, but they weren't making them. Um, so the field goal percentage was way down. The field goal percentage was really low. Um, you know, you're passing to get open shots. Um, so I try to pair those numbers with with other numbers. And you can see my full article on OrlandoMagicDaily.com where I discuss this a little bit more. Um, I try to pair those numbers up a little bit to give those passes context because, yes, you're right. For some teams, overpassing leads to turnovers. I, I think the Magic's biggest issue with turnovers is off of drives and getting stuck in drives. And, yes, you're passing back out. Um, uh, but a, a, I, I, if I'm not mistaken – I'd have to double check, but I'm not, I think passes, I think the pass, that passing number does include turnovers, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. So I don't want to, I don't want to comment too, for, too further. But again, that's a really good point. That's a really good piece of context to add into it and to, and to consider when thinking about these. Um, we do have a question from Shannon Thomas that I, I do want to address here. Um, and, and yesterday's post game. Um, so Sunday's post game interview, it sounded like Cole was saying RJ is not happy with his role. It also seemed like he was making the point to mention, did you catch that? Any concerns? Um, I did catch. I did catch that. Um, I did hear that. Um, I think that. I mean, I think yes. He's a young player. He's he wants to play. Um, I think the Magic have done a great job putting him in the games, trying to find ways to get him in the games. Um, but I understand that that there's a little bit of frustration that he's not playing as much. Um, I wouldn't. You know, it's. I wouldn't want a player that's riding on the bench that has as much potential and talent that RJ Hampton does. Um, you know, honestly, I'd be upset if like Robin Lopez is, 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 is a little, little is happy with where he is right now. Not unhappy that he's not playing. Um, I don't think it's much of a concern. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's everyone. I, I think a, we've got a, a rookie coach. who's still learning how to manage these things. Um, I think we got a lot of young players who are hungry to prove themselves. And, uh, you know, RJ earned every one of his minutes in that fourth quarter. He played fantastic in the fourth quarter. Um, I think he's really beginning to understand his role and the role that he needs to play in order to get those minutes, in order to stay on the floor. Um, it starts with his defense, which I think has been really good this year. It's just been pretty solid this year. I think he's really made some good strides defensively, and he stays committed on that end. He's going to play a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, like, if a player's not playing, um, I want them to be a little bit upset. Now, you can take that anger, you can take that frustration and use it in a negative way, um, you know, and say, like, oh, I'm going to pout. I'm not going to pass the ball. I'm going to be in business for myself, as they would say in the wrestling business, wrestling industry. Um, or you can do it in a positive way. And that's to take it as a challenge to say, hey, every moment you give me, every moment um, that I'm on the floor, I'm going to prove that I should be playing more. RJ Hampton did that on Sunday. Um, you know, Mo Bamba, I think it was, I think Jamal Mosley told the story after the game that he was getting ready to put Mo Bamba back in and Mo told Mosley, no, let this group ride. Um, and that proved to be a very good decision. Um, RJ Hampton, I thought, played fantastic in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, did everything that you would ask him to. Obviously, he made shots, which makes everyone look good. But his defense especially was really, really good. And he played with a lot of positive energy, played with a lot of energy to say, you know, again, to make that statement like, hey, I want to play. Um, it's a long NBA season. Uh, someone like RJ Hampton is going to go through these ups and downs. And you know, I think there was a little bit of a glut at the at that spot. It's only going to get worse with Markel Fultz and, and Michael Carter Williams coming back. Um, there's going to be a lot of difficult things for Jamal Mosley to manage coming up here in the next few months, the next few weeks. Um, but but I, I I do think that RJ is approaching this the right way. I want him to want to play. I want him to be a little bit upset that he's not playing. 
look, I was on record. I was telling people like, I kind of think RJ Hampton's going to be out of the rotation, which I was a little bit concerned about uh, because I think he should play. I think he's good enough to play it. And, and obviously I think the most important thing for RJ Hampton right now is to get time on the floor. Um, the magic haven't necessarily put him in the best positions this year. They tried him out of point guard. He's not a point guard. I think we could say that pretty definitively at this point. Um, but I think Hampton has done a really good job working on the things he needs to work on to get on the floor more. He should play the next game. He's earned more playing time with how he played on Sunday. And, and of course, we'll just see how that all shakes out and see how that that goes for him. Um, like I said, the earlier commenter said he thinks RJ should be starting. I'm not there yet. I think RJ's still making a lot of mistakes offensively. Um, RJ would probably admit that too. Um, but I think he takes that as a challenge and, and, and something that to improve upon rather than something to pout about. Now, again, if it, I don't think we're near that level. I think everyone's still really bought into what this team is trying to do and what Jamal Mosley is trying to do. Um, and I think that that has obviously helped this team uh, play a lot better than we would expect. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in. Him, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. I got to get to Magic practice, so I'm going to leave you all here. Now that Locked on Magic is done... You can go check out the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosting number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms today. Thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Bill Frostman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.